Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Have you ever had the experience where you've been studying spiritual principles, maybe reading personal development books, self-help books, maybe even going to workshops, seminars, trainings, um, investing in yourself, and yet there's a day, there's a week, maybe even a month where you feel like you're not applying anything you've learned, um, and then you beat yourself up. If you've had that experience, you're not alone. That's the reason why we are recording this episode, because feel like I've had that experience recently in my life and uh, had it many times before over the last decade, but um, it's fascinating. I feel like I don't learn this lesson and maybe this is part of the process of learning this lesson to become more masterful in this process of riding the ways, ways of consciousness. So that's what we're going to talk about. How do we shift and change and evolve past this, uh, I don't know, viewpoint of us being bad or not good mm-hmm. enough or negative toward ourselves or critical of ourselves when we're not quote unquote perfect. Yeah. I think for me, it starts with like the expectation of what you're supposed to gain from personal development. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, when, when you first get involved in it, like it's, depending on which angle you approach it from, like you start reading personal development books and you're like, wow, like, you know, if I, if I change my mindset and I change my emotions and I like have this vision and, you know, I start working towards it, like, everything is going to fall into place in my life. And I'm going to just be happy all the time. I'm going to get what I want. Like, I'm going to feel good. Right. And I think that that expectation in the beginning is kind of understandable because again, you're learning all these new things, but it doesn't actually end up being helpful long-term because what we have to understand is that we're still human and we still go through this human experience. And it's like almost impossible to avoid, to avoid suffering and to avoid pain and to avoid uncomfortable emotions, no matter how good you get at personal development. And so, you know, it's funny, Kev, you talked about like, you know, how you've been feeling lately and the, the kind of the ways that you've been going through, like I've been going through my own too, as you know, the last like six months and having to take time off work and really just kind of get back to like taking care of myself and like focusing on like what made me feel good and healthy and everything. And so like, I really do think it's, it starts with the expectations but mm. what personal development really does help you do is get this understanding about like how to navigate the the waves, but right. not to completely eliminate them. Right. Because we can't. Yeah. And I think we need to start there and talk about that because it's one thing. And honestly, if if I heard something, a message like this early on in my journey of growth, spiritual growth, personal, personal growth. I would have rejected it. Be like, no, 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 no. Like, I- I'm better than that. Like, it's a paradigm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's just yeah. a paradigm. It's just yeah. you know, it's just your thinking. You know, you could always be in a high vibration, good vibes. Mm-hmm. But no, I-, I don't actually now as a more mature or like longer standing viewpoint of like what life is like, and then even with these kind of uh, helpful principles, tools, uh, perceptions, ways of life, it's still we're going to face the ups and the downs, but there's a very distinct difference between just always having the ups and downs in life and not, not growing. Cause that's how most people live their life. They just are like, uh, 
it's as if like they're just they're just uh, not riding the waves, but they're letting their the waves just hit them, basically. Mm, yeah. Just they're, they're not they're not active in the process, and it's just like oh, that's just the ups and downs of life. But there's going to be the ups and downs of life, but you can ride them so that you can get to where you want to go or to um, enjoy the ride more, or just enjoy the ride more, basically. Yeah. Um, but Wait, can, 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 before ahead. you can I just get say something about that really yeah. quick? And I like. When you were saying like get you know getting hit by the waves and like you know just kind of allowing that to happen, it kind of reminded you of me and you were kids and we used to mm. go to Jones Beach and we used to play the game called Get Clobbered. Hell yeah! <laughs> you remember that? We literally yes. used to stand with our backs facing the waves and just let the waves hit us and like you know like without expecting we would like get wrecked, right? And right. so it's like that's what I would remind me of when you say just get hit by the waves. But we want to be more like the boogie boarders, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Or even the body surfer. Like we could yeah. have body surfed those waves, yeah. but no, we just, we just sounded, you know, I, I forgot about that, but actually that's a good analogy to like what I think why people uh, tend to do that anyway. Cause like there's some subtle, like perverse enjoyment of it. Like, mm, as yeah. in uh, like we don't, uh, you know, for example, for someone who actually has had some spiritual awakening or some, like maybe read a book or listened to a podcast and it's like, Oh, getting this idea of like, wow, like, I have power. Like my thoughts have meaning. Like I could choose the direction of my life, but then after a month, two months, a year, maybe even, and then they just give up. It's like, because they prefer to like, just let life happen to them because it is more difficult to ride the waves, which is funny. It's like, it's difficult to get hit by them, but there is some enjoyment out of it, I think. Yeah. But I think, I think part of it too is, is, you know, when you, when you start reading a lot of these books and you start getting into this work, it kind of adds like a, a big responsibility on you a hundred percent when you understand like that you have a part to play and like you know how you feel and like how you're you know the outcome of your life like a part to play like you know there's there's obviously like cosmic forces like at play like god like all, all these things whatever you choose to believe but like and i think that's what also adds to the trap where it's like when you when you inevitably hit a downturn in your life which again no matter how good you are in any of this stuff you're going to hit that downturn there's like this this uh trap of being like i'm somehow causing this like mm -hmm. i'm somehow not good enough that's why i'm feeling this way like because i know that my thoughts create my emotions and my emotions create my reality like because i'm feeling this way there must be something that i'm doing wrong and we can really get into that kind of dark place and then kind of feel like i don't want this responsibility anymore like i you mm -hmm. know i just want to you know and um so it's really it's it's like really not about staying there it's really about like understanding and again this is where the expectation comes in like understanding that those times are going to happen and like how do we like continue with the rhythm of our development and personal development and then ride through those so right. i think that's what you were about to talk about before i brought up the get clobbered thing <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> which but it's again I, I think to start diving deeper into this i love these analogies with the the waves in the ocean we're diving deeper um, which holy shit. Nice. Yeah, I didn't realize you just did that. <laughs> no, exactly. Me neither. And also yeah. that's that's gonna be that's a little like foreshadowing for some of the uh suggestions that we have to ride the waves better. But maybe the analogy doesn't work because honestly, you could dive under the waves and not get hit by them, right? But like then you're not really riding them. So maybe that's not a good part of the analogy. But anyway, yeah. we're gonna There's, get to that. The analogy works in some ways. <laughs> right, for sure. But um, but okay, so the, the, to dive deeper literally mm -hmm. is to speak about how this is something we can't avoid that there is a law of the universe that there is these the procession of the ups and the downs in life so 
this is also, I mean, I love this, this, uh, these examples or these like points because it's a scientific backing and showing that this is not, this is not avoidable. You cannot avoid this as a human because we are a part of life, an integral part of life. And for as far as we know, at least on this planet earth, we're the highest form of creation, the, uh, with the highest form of consciousness that we know. So we, it seems like, oh, like, you know, we could be, you know, evolved past it, but currently, no, I don't think so, mm-hmm. but we are a part of life and life is, uh, everywhere present. It's, it's what began at say, like you can say the big bang, um, or if you're more of the spiritual side, the religious side, it's like God created the universe. And then, mm-hmm. you know, these processions started and there's macro versions of it and there's micro versions of it, which we'll give examples of, but this is literally just that there is a duality in nature. So simple examples, there's, I mean, we literally use the words up and down. You could also view it as the words good and bad. Uh, there is the, uh, like a physical scientific example of this. We know that in the ocean, especially on our beaches, that there is the ebb and then the flow. I forget the high tide, the low tide is the more technical term of it. That's always going to happen. Uh, there's then the procession of the night and the day that we cannot avoid. Like no matter how more, much we meditate, uh, what we can do, like just we're not going to be able to change that uh, unless we blow up our planet. But that's I don't I don't think or anyone the sun wants or that. something. Yeah. Right, exactly. But like that, great, good job. And then there's going to be a more macro procession of you know equalizing itself in the universe, but um, or in our galaxy. But anyway, yeah, night, night and the day. Um, the right, I mean. We're, our our experience of it on our earth is like the rising of the sun and then the setting of the sun or the rising of the moon, the setting of the moon. Like th- there's still that, but that's just a procession that's going in a, uh, a sphere, a circle, an orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's also one, this is a more esoteric or spiritual viewpoint. And then Chris, if you have something to add, cause these are my, like probably the max of my examples that I got in my head right now. Yeah. But uh, this is a spiritual viewpoint. I believe it's backed by science. There is a 26,000 period of a procession of our of our specifically i think it's our galaxy of um of uh a shifting consciousness um this is a more of uh, i believe in um eastern cultures i'm thinking of like the kali yuga is a term that's coming to mind um let me look it up really quick okay it's, and you're talking about like kind of like the age of aquarius stuff where like we're coming exactly. like approaching like some part in like where the our galaxy is within the the universal structure like the milky way and it's like yes. at every certain amount of time we've like come to this point and like you can yes. look in history about like oh there was an explosion in math and art and like is that what you're kind of talking about exactly like, and yeah, yeah i found it I, I got it right so kali yuga is one part of this procession and it's hinduism and this is the fourth the kali yuga which i, I believe is what we just came out of in our current uh time that uh and then we got into the aquarius age uh, it's the shortest and worst of the four yugas in the yuga cycle, preceded by, uh, preceded, what's after that? Followed yeah, by the Ka- next is Krita Yuga. That Kali Yuga is rough, bro. Yeah, it's the darkness. <laughs> it's, it's called an age of darkness. Mm. Um, but then we're coming out of that. So like, and I'm pretty sure that's like a 26,000 period. Um, Interesting. Uh, I believe. Yeah, and it was supposed, again, I, supposedly yeah. is 2012 is when that ended. And then the last, so now it's been 12 years since. That way you've like woken up, but and again, anyway. then, then again, that, that was a, again, just to portray your example of like the ebbs and flows and like, exactly. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I'll say, I'll just say one final thing that, that what I just brought up is a way longer conversation. Um, 
and maybe not 20, yeah, 26,000. I'm just looking up an article on yeah. that because I'm not an expert on this specifically, but um, let me just read this little piece of it. But then again, okay. if you want to, someone wants to dive deeper into that, go for it. But that's not the main purpose of this episode. It's just another example. But um, it says it takes the planet 72 years to pass through one degree of the Zodiac and 25,920 years to complete one full circle of 360 degrees. One half of the journey takes 12,960 years. And so each quarter is 5,184 years. Like that fucking long, mm -hmm. excuse my language. But like, that's what I was saying is like a macro of like the procession of, again, the ways of waves of consciousness, like being really asleep and then awake. Then we have those micro in our lives of like, one day you feel shitty and one day you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm good. Like, yeah. Or you have that shift, but um, we Dude, all go you can through even it. You can even go smaller in the micro too, with like just like how you're shifting emotions on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I was literally talking right. to my friend today and he was like, you know, I'm having like a really good string of days. Like I'm having a really good day today, but like sometimes somehow I'm like kind of struggling to remain positive today. And I was like, dude, like you can't, you can't be happy all the time. Like that's not how, that's not how it works. It's like, right. there's going to be ebbs and flows of your emotions. And so, um, I know Kev, we wanted to, to get into, I guess, the law of rhythm and how this actually can help with all of these like ebbs and flows, right? So I think yeah. we've already established that ebbs and flows are going to happen in your life at the most micro scale to the most macro scale. And it's like a part right. of being a human, a part of living in this universe, right? Mm. And so, and then we also talked about the expectation sometimes of personal development being like, I will never be sad again. Like that yeah. I'm just going to work on myself so hard. And like, so like- I'll Always be awake. Yes, yes. And so um, I guess, yeah, go ahead. Just have uh, one final example. It just I was going to ask you me. a question about the law of rhythm and how it actually helps with this. So if you want to do your post Pin and yeah. yeah, pinpoint that question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really quick example. One other in our human experience day to day. Yes. The night and the dark or the, the light of the day and the dark of the night, but literally quite literally of us being awake during the day. And then we literally fall asleep. Our consciousness cannot be awake. We're not cannot because I'm sure we could force ourselves to be up for yeah. 24 hours, but how healthy is that? Not healthy at all. So yeah. we literally go to sleep for one third of the day so that we can rejuvenate and regenerate in a way so that we could be more awake when we wake up the next day, mm. you know? So it's, and I love that as an analogy, because I mean, we talk about being awake, spiritually awake, right? Like aware, but again, we have to have those times of sleep so that we can have this uh, greater awakeness the next day. Yeah. Know? So and it's, it's part of life. And dude, that's actually a really good example because when we sleep and our consciousness kind of like gets a rest, that's, a, that's usually a time when our brains are integrating our experiences while we were awake. Yeah. And so again, I think we're going to get into this in the law of rhythm, but like, it's about understanding that difficult times are going to happen no matter how spiritually awake you are. Mm. And so it's about how to stay consistent through those downturns. And right. I think we already kind of touched on it where it's like one of the biggest things is like having the expectation that there's going to be downturns and that all this work you're doing, it doesn't mean that you're failing at it. It just means that it's part of life. Exactly. Right? So, and then we'll get into the law of rhythm. I think yes. that, that, that was kind of what I wanted to ask you about. It's like, how, how do, how does the law of rhythm help with this? Like, what do we do to kind of, mm. Well, that's going way deeper. I thought you wanted to give your example of the stock market, dude. Oh, I can do. I, I can do that. This is that, just one. that's still that's still part of like building on the the acceptance of this being a reality and that we don't have to fight it. And I, yeah. I think I, I want you to give that too before we get into like, all right, how do we um, neutralize in in a way like not get rid of 
that uh, in terms of neutralizing like the rhythm, but how do we ride literally ride the wave of consciousness so that we are neutralizing the negative experiences that can be really exacerbated when we don't know this. So we'll get to that. And that's a little bit later. Um, yeah. but while you're pulling that up, cause I know you have a, if, by the way, if you're on Spotify, if you're listening to listening to this episode on Spotify or watching us, Chris is about to share a screen so that you can't share your I'm, screen. Oh wait. Yeah, I think I can. No, let me see. Cause I, I, I had to like, uh, add something on zoom where it was like, do you a lot of share? And it said I had to restart it, but let's see if this works. Like, can you, can you see my screen right now? Yeah, I can. Okay, perfect. So this is the example that I like to give about like the ebbs and flows of life and kind of like, you know, personal development and like, again, what we're going to get into with this law of rhythm and how it kind of helps like you stay the course. And so if you look at the historical chart of like the stock market and, you know, people, if you, if you're involved in, you know, finance or any kind of like, if you just looked up stocks at all, like, you know, this idea of like the stock market always goes up. That's like true, but also not true because it depends like what kind of scale you look at it at. So if we think of like the S and P 500 as like, kind of like our lifetime and we know working with personal development, you can see that from the bottom left of the screen all the way to the right, it's trending up. So we're always growing. We're always like, you know, getting like new and different experiences into our life. But there's periods of time, like here, for example, where you look at like this, the stock market goes down a lot and like your mood can go down it's a two lot. Years. For, yeah. It, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a long period of time. Like there could be a good percentage or a chunk of your life where you're feeling like, wow, like I'm really in the dumps here. Right. But it's like maintaining the, the rhythm of doing the things that you know are good for you. Like let's say working out or like meditating or like, you know, continuing to read because you understand that eventually like you're going to be back up on the upswing. And so like, I feel like sometimes when we're feeling really upset or really sad, we tend to think, oh my God, like this downturn here, like this is what my life is going to be always, but not understanding that because of the law of rhythm, right? Like, and just being a part of this universe, like we're eventually going to have those upswings and it's about doing your best to maintain the course. And from an investing perspective, that's what dollar cost averaging and investing a little bit over time means because you're not going to be able to time these things sometimes, but you want to be consistent. So you want to be consistent in your work, consistent in how you apply these principles understanding that, you know, you're going to face some ups and downs like this. So this is a, this is a visual example that I like to use because I did study accounting. I do like finance. And so this is a good visual for me. So hopefully it'll help some, some of you guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And again, like it's th those periods of time, I think this is a really challenging and this actually, I think will uh, bridge us into like, how do we ride those waves more consciously or more smoothly or more gracefully is that there are periods of time where it takes a while. It might not just be a day, might not just yeah. be a week, might not just be a month. There might be seasons or shoot, sometimes it's years. Like I feel like we've all had maybe experiences of years, like when we were, un were not awake, you know, where like we were, the, the down was really bad. Like we were down really bad and like it was difficult. Um, maybe not years. And if you were lucky in life, then maybe not so lucky <laughs> because, you know, the, I, this is another point we didn't talk about yet, Chris, when we were mm -hmm. preparing for this episode, but that there are so many people who are really successful in life or are thriving now who had a really shitty upbringing, mm -hmm. like really, really terrible. Like, like maybe on the, like the brink of like killing themselves, like suicide, like because of how terrible and maybe traumatic it was when they were younger, but they use that or like they, they like that deep, deep low was then the equal to the amount of the 
uh, joy and the love they can experience in life on the the higher vibration side, like when the upswing, right? Yeah. Because they, they were actually able to go to that depth and then bring themselves out of that. So there was a greater capacity for them to have a different experience. So that's why, just a quick side note that that's why I said like, oh, maybe not so yeah. lucky. That. Can I, can I add a point on that too, actually? Ish. Because, you know, we've interviewed a lot of people like that actually on our podcast. And I'm sure right. that people know those kinds of people in their life. And it's like, whenever we interview them, no one's ever like, I wish that I didn't go through that. Right. Everyone, you know, because they, they, they integrated that into their life. And there's this, there's this right. line in the Bible that say, that says that God works everything in your life for good. And like, mm -hmm. you can look at the word God as like consciousness. So it's like your consciousness is working everything that's happening in your life for good for you. And that's like one of the, the, um, I guess, overarching kind of like perspective shifts that will help you move through these, these troughs, like of yes. your life, these up and ups and downs. Cause there's, you know, there's always something you can glean from every season of your life, like no matter what. 100%. And I think it's that perspective that helps you kind of stay the course, continue with the, the rhythm. Yes, yeah, definitely. To add on that point is another, another yeah. uh, really powerful thing. Cause you're speaking of God, man, that's the, the, the neutralizer of all neutralizers is connecting with God, connecting with source, mm -hmm. connecting with spirit. Um, and this is a second law. So we mentioned the law of rhythm as like just the basics of just this nature of reality, duality that we, as long as we're human, we're going to experience uh, the other law. And by the way, quick side note, if you remember both of these laws, I've got a question for you on Spotify that will get you a kind of like a giveaway or a prize uh, later to the end of this episode, which I'll share in a moment. Um, but the second law, the second law is the law of increase, the law of increase, which we got from the, the, the place that I learned it from, if you want to dive deeper into this law, is called, it's a book called Working With the Law by Raymond Hollywell. And in the law of increase, he speaks about how God, source, spirit, the infinite, the universe is always seeking greater increase in something. And in our experience, it's a greater increase in consciousness. In a perverse way, if we misuse this, this, this is how it shows up as greed or envy or um, lust. Those are like perverse ex experiences of that. But increase is what we always want. We always want more. But as long as it's in a healthy way or it's for the good for all, that we always want increase. And that's what God wants. So there's always going to be an increase in terms of consciousness, experience, love, joy, happiness. Um, that's possible. But we do have to ex go through the waves, the law of rhythm, to increase. Like you showed, again, that chart of the S&P 500, that stock going up and up and up. But like there's definitely those downturns, right? You got to ride them. Yeah, exactly. You got to ride them. And it's the longer view, the longer term view that you can see that it's always for increase. Yeah. And the final thing, final point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you really take the God's point of view of this, think of the the millions and billions and probably, I actually don't know the exact age of the universe, but probably billions of years. I don't think it's gotten to the trillions yet, um, but it's always been for a greater experience, right? Like mm -hmm. from the very, very beginning, it was these just, you know, the smallest piece or the, the one atom that the one piece of creation that was there was a hydrogen atom. That was first formed and then helium then so on and so forth that they kept combining to, to different uh what's the better term for it it's i mean obviously now nowadays as life has grown these combinations have formed to actual organic life forms but at first it was just you know like planets and stars and all that mm -hmm. but it, it kept evolving so that we can have our experience today to this to this day and we literally have stardust within us like all the the progression of ups and downs, even if like stars forming and then 
exploding, exploding. massive, mm-hmm. massive explosions, like destroying everything around them. It's the macro of that law of rhythm, but it's always for an increase or a greater expression, greater experience of life itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's God's plan. I believe that's what mm-hmm. we are here to grow and expand and experience more. Um, and so that's, that's us working with the law of increase. It's just keeping that at the forefront of our mind so that when because it's not if, but when, when we are in those downturns or those down experiences in life that we don't forget our creator, don't forget source, don't forget God and realizing that this is for good, as you said. Yeah. Here's another interesting thing that I was thinking of while you were saying this. So the, the, the S&P 500 example, like when the stocks, the stock market's going down, it's in those downturns. That's actually the best time to keep your investing strategy the same and continually investing because you're getting mm-hmm. it at cheaper right? Knowing that sure. eventually it's going to go back up. Right. So like the work that you do during the downtimes shouldn't stop. Mm. Like if anything, you can double down on it, right? Cause like knowing that you're going to come out the other side. Right. And it's like that also that, uh, that, uh, idea that like most millionaires are created during recessions. Mm. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like th- there's more opportunity like around, it's like the people who actually continue working through those things are the ones that are going to come out better on the other side. So it's like, Again, I think the, the one point that we're trying to kind of get across on this, it's like understanding that the downturns are going to come, but it's like, how do you maintain the course even through those right. understanding that it's part of life? Exactly. hundred percent. That's a good example too. Cause I mean, how, uh, literal that is when it comes to like, I'll oh, keep investing well, Exactly. more of like a monetary thing. But what we're saying is like, keep investing in yourself. Keep well, yeah, listening yeah. to podcasts like ours, keep applying yourself, like watching videos on YouTube, reading books, like going to trainings or workshops or seminars, like something to help you or reaching out for help, like having a therapist, having a coach, like having someone there along with you along the journey or working on yourself, even during those bad times, which it's like the, the most opposite thing that we feel like doing at that time. Right. It's yeah. like, Oh, I don't feel like it. Well, no shit. Like, <laughs> that's why it's like having that commitment and then that, um, that habit formed that is just like the, the most beneficial for you over time. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do totally. Cause they, you're right. Cause if you're on, if you're on the kind of like on the, on an uptrend, you're doing all these good things and you're like, yeah, like I'm doing all these things and my life is getting better. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the hell, what's happening? And then you, you kind of mm-hmm. tend to think like, oh, like maybe I was doing something wrong or like, you know, but it's like, again, like understanding that those times are going to come. Right. That's when it's important to actually, like you said, get double down, like continue on your habits, your patterns, like it, it, it'll pay like the bigger dividends Hundred percent. once you're back on the upswing. Yes. Which it really is the understanding is what we're speaking to. Like, because my mind goes to like, all right, I get this. Like if someone's listening, I can hear their thoughts. It's like, I, Kevin, Chris, I get this, but like, how, how do I do this? How, how, mm-hmm. how? Well, part of the how is getting a really deep and strong understanding about this inevitable part of life that you cannot avoid it because that then eliminates, like naturally just eliminates the uh, misuse of our thought to think we are doing something wrong. Mm. Like that's part of the how is starting to get rid of and let go of those thoughts of, oh, I th- my life shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't be angry. All those shouldn'ts and us dig us deeper into those downturns rather than if we take a more neutral, because remember, like hear that neutralizing or neutral being neutral does not mean you're positive. Does not mm. mean like, oh, this is great. Like yeah. I'm loving this. Like, but I'm yeah. <laughs> shoot, we're programmed. <laughs> yeah. 
Although we had like McDonald's like once a week when we were kids. So bad. McDonald's does not sponsor this podcast. Yeah, it does not sponsor <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like we're not meant to love it. I don't think. But we it it we are meant to still face it from that point of view that this is is normal. It's natural. It's going to happen. But we don't have to be stuck there. We can yeah. keep on moving and then learn from, of course, what we're going through. So that's part of the how, which we'll get into a little more of like, all right, beyond that, beyond letting go of that misunderstanding, then also what do you do on top of that? But that's like primary, that's foundational. Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't have that really deep or strong understanding and start beating yourself up, then no matter what else we share, like all these other, uh, it's like at least one or two other tools to work through this, they won't work. Like, mm -hmm. or like you'll, you'll sabotage your own good efforts in yeah. the other things that we're going to share. So first primary thing is understanding and deepening that. Yeah, dude, I feel like you set some people free with that little monologue mm. in terms of like, you don't actually always have to be positive. And mm. like, sometimes when you're in a place where you're feeling like, ah, like this sucks, like that neutrality is freeing. Cause then yes. sometimes when you're like, positive it's almost like a denial yeah it's like, oh, like i'm just gonna be positive through this like this is what i you know what i mean like just kind of pushing away that thing and it's like that's tiring after a while so mm. like understanding that like yeah you can be neutral to these things again understanding the long-term view and to continue like hammering away your things and the, the patterns and stuff like it's freeing because then it's like mm. i'm allowed to feel this way right it's normal yeah this is another point of why this is so powerful and then we'll go to those other tools but one other huge, huge reason why this is really important is because what you might be denying, not always, but most of the time, it's this, what you might be trying to get rid of or deny or like, uh, try to like think positive and get yourself out of that in that way, you're, you're ignoring or denying your own experience, which means that you're denying a part of yourself. It's like, you're trying to like get rid of or disconnect from a part of your own consciousness. Because again, law of rhythm, it's going to happen. That's that's the rhythm within our own consciousness or our own awareness. So if we try to get rid of it or, or like, um, like criticize it, then it's like we're fragmenting a part of ourselves and we don't want, like deep down, we don't want to move on because we don't want to leave a part of ourselves behind. Like we actually want to be whole. That's a, that's like a, it's like an impulse that we all have, whether we're aware of it or not, we want to be whole. That's why we do anything. It's like mm -hmm. why we, you know, go out and find the love of our life or not to say that like, our we're only, you know, half and then we find a hole within someone else, but like, or we, we find that kind of like wholeness when we get to express and receive love in deeper ways. The same thing with also like why we work out or why we study or why we get a certain degree, like why we want to earn money so that we can have a more holistic experience in mm -hmm. life. But so if we're denying that part of ourselves, again, it's a part of ourselves that we're leaving or have the risk of leaving ourselves yeah. behind. That's an interesting point. And then again, it prevents moving through that more graceful feelings. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I guess that, that, that actually brings us to our next point. This is the idea of self-compassion, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think you kind of already spoke to that a little bit about mm. self-compassion, like through these times. Again, it's like when you have that understanding, what? Which before, because I, I know you're going to go off on a fire tangent. So just to say, this is the tool. This is the next tool yeah, that yeah. we're going to talk yeah. about to really yeah. start to neutralize or like move through this experience more gracefully on top of deeper understanding. So yeah, I just and, wanted to and, highlight that. 
And again, I'll, like, I'll, I'll bring up too that self-compassion. We actually had um, Dr. Kristen Neff on our podcast. Maybe we can find the episode and put it in the in the show notes. But I believe she's it's like episode one of the, 91. How do you know that? Because we've referenced it so oh. many times. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Go photographic on. memory over here. He never told me. Um, um, but yeah, but she's like one of the leading researchers on self-compassion. And dude, now that I'm like just talking about that, I remember something specific that she talked about in the podcast with us and what she talked about in her book was about like self-compassion is like, like, you know, not beating yourself up too much, but then also having like that voice that actually, it's almost like a, like a little bit of like tough love, like kind of mm. keeping you like on track. And I feel yeah. like that's the perfect kind of message about self-compassion for this. Cause it's like, when you're, when you're in downturns, right. You like an understanding that like, you know, sometimes life is difficult and there's going to be things that happen to you that are out of your control. It's like having that self-compassion to feel and allow yourself to feel the way that you feel. Right. And then it's also having the self-compassion to kind of like motivate yourself to stay the course. Mm. Right. It's like not letting yourself fall off and be like, all right, this is just how I feel. Like, I'm just going to, you know, give up on all my things. Like life just sucks. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough. I was doing all those things and it's not working. It's like, like hearing those things about yourself and being like, you know, it's okay that I feel like crap, but then also having the self-compassion and like the self-love to actually be a little bit like hard on yourself to be like, just continue the course through this. Cause like, you know, right. that this is not going to last forever. It's just a part of the ebb and flow of life. And like, mm. this is the time when I can really like, if I can make it through this and I can keep on my patterns for this, then the next upswing, it's going to be that much more, that much better because right. I know that I can handle like myself during these times. So I never really like not understood that part about what Kristen Neff was saying, but like when we're, and now that we're talking about this and kind of giving that understanding of the ebbs and flows, it makes so much more sense what she was saying, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, dude, it's episode 90, by the way, I was 90. one episode off episode <laughs> 90. Uh, but then the title, dude, the title speaking to exactly what you're bringing up and like having this new awareness for yourself on, we called it this, and she called it herself, the yin and yang of mm -hmm. self-compassion. Yeah. Sometimes there is that yin, like loving, like nurturing, like, oh, it's okay. But then there's the yang of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you got this. Like, go through, continue. Yeah. Like, don't give up. Yeah. Kind of like and tough love in a way. Yeah, and it's cool because the Taiji symbol is perfect because if you don't know the Taiji symbol, it's like, I guess it's like a Eastern philosophical like symbol, but it's, it. yeah, yeah, it's like that circle and then it's like one side and then it's like black and there's a little circle of white in it and then the other side is all white and a little circle of black in it. Hold and on. like, yeah, before yeah. you go on, uh, yeah. I think this is the game changer that we have uh, um, yeah. a video on Spotify, but this, I mean, again, I think most people know it, but this is the yin yang, yang symbol. Yeah. And see, like oh. what, what I actually learned in acupuncture school about this is that, and one of my, like it this. kind of blew my mind when I learned about it. It was like, my teacher was like, everyone sees it as a picture, but really right. it's supposed to be moving and continuously moving around and shifting and changing. Right. And it's like, that's kind of like a good example too, of like what we were saying about like God or like consciousness, like works everything in your life for good. It's like, there will be things when you're in your down, like your, your worst days that you can grasp onto and like learn from that'll help you in your best days. And that's like being in the dark side of it, but having that little white circle. Right. And right. I feel like that kind of, that analogy or that picture works for the self-compassion thing too. Cause it's like, if you're in a really bad place, a lot of self-compassion with a little bit of that, like, come on, man, keep going. It's like that right. balance. Right. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. So wait, just to clarify what you're saying is like to have a lot of the yin self-compassion when you're in mm -hmm. a downturn or like, really down in the dumps, like lots of nurturing self-love, 
or self-compassion, but then a little bit of the, the young self-compassion, mm-hmm. like, no, like you got this, like, don't give up. Like, yeah, you're better. Than, maybe not. You're better than this. That might not be. The best <laughs> <laughs> you're better than this. No, but it's like, <laughs> swear to me. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. is he yeah no, i think of like batman like his exactly. like, that kind of like deep voice yeah you know here here's the message for this episode you need to support yourself with yeah. the young compassion with the deep like what is a baritone voice of of uh of batman batman yeah but no that like 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 that's it it's like those like you know th- that little voice of like staying the course and again mm-hmm. like i really think it was really good we started the episode with the like kind of setting up that perception shift because it's like you realize that it's not going to be forever in that space exactly but like those times are like really good to continue like just Mm. you know just keep on you know reading your books and like doing your like you know whatever it is your yoga workout program like we just continue the course right you know yeah yeah Hmm. yeah it's such the the other thing that just came to my mind that is like i think is a whole tangent that i don't want to go down fully Mm -hmm. because this is like a whole nother episode i think is like how to know when your personal and spiritual development practices are working mm. during those downturns. Because like we said, like it's natural and maybe it's for a period of time and like no matter what you're doing, like you're still there. It's like, how do you know that you're actually making progress? You know, yeah. like I think there's something to be said about that. Cause like when you said like, yeah, keep you doing your practices, like you still want to be like, at least my experience, like still want to be like sensitive to if things are actually working. Cause I've definitely yeah. had times where like, I was so like committed and like, I don't know, in some ways had a habit of using like a certain like YouTube guided meditation that like I'd heard so many times, which are good. But then like, in some ways it wasn't fully helping because I wasn't having like the, the sparks of new insight or the sparks are of shift in terms of like awareness and um, feeling like, like that kind of compassion and mm-hmm. like, Oh, like I'm at more at peace. Like it just didn't work. So like, how do you know? Like, I think that's a very um, personal process, but something to still be aware of and still tune into it. Cause it's not just like, oh, just keep doing the same thing and you're going to be yeah, fine. That's a good point. like, there, there might be something new you need or a different perspective or a new book or a different meditation, like different practice, unless you are so committed and you know that your, your shit works and it has worked for years and that you're good, like awesome. But usually, at least in my experience, like there's always something new or maybe something older to go back to something that has worked for you in the past that you'd maybe stop doing or haven't done in a while. Um, then to recommit to that, like there's, there's a whole, that's what I was saying. It's like, that could be like a whole nother episode. I think we should, we should make a note of that and make an episode on that. Cause I, I have things to say about that too. And I think that would be okay. a perfect follow-up to this. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. down for a follow-up on that. Yeah. So how to, how to like, well, what would we even like call that? Like, well, it's well no, I think, I, cause I think like part of what you're saying is like, like, Yes, like th- there's going to be like downturns of life, but like how do I how do I like know if what I'm doing is actually helping? Like mm. how, how do I re- how do I do like a reassessment of that? Because it's like yes, I'm feeling like let's say depressed or something, and maybe I'm in this period for what feels like forever, and maybe there's something that I could be doing better that could be helping me get out of this faster. It's like yeah. how do you like how do you kind of take an inventory of like what you're doing and stay in the awareness of like all right, like maybe I could be doing something different. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's what you're kind of trying to say. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a more eloquent way of saying it, or there's like specifics, like major or or overarching topic of that, but like ideally, like how to know if what you're doing is actually helping you. Yeah. Something like that. So we'll come back um, to that. 
Yeah, and then Kev, for this episode specifically, did we have another tool besides the Ish. perspective and the self-compassion? Okay, do you want to get into that one? Yes, the number one tool. I want to read something to y'all from a book that I found extremely helpful. And this is actually where I got the term, the law of rhythm. Uh, this author calls it the principle of rhythm, but it is called the Kabillion. And it's by the three initiates, that's what it's called. Um, and it's hermetic philosophy. Now, her hermetic philosophy came from this gentleman named Hermes Trismegistus. Believe it's yeah, Tri Tri Trismegistus. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but <laughs> but my it's uh, Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, Mr. T. Oh my God, amazing! But um, a study of the hermetic philosophy of ancient Egypt and Greece. That's what the Kabillion is, and there is again the principle of rhythm, the law of rhythm, and I want to read this uh, few paragraphs from this part of this chapter that'll introduce the tool I'm recommending. And honestly, we've covered dozens of times on this podcast. It's like the primary tool to work with. So anyway, let me read this. Night follows day and day night. The pendulum swings from summer to winter and then back again. The corpuscles, atoms, molecules, and all masses of matter swing around the circle of their nature. There is no such thing as absolute rest or cessation from movement and all movement partakes of rhythm. The pr this principle is of universal application. It may be applied to any question or phenomena of any of the many pl planes of life. It may be applied to all planes of human activity. There is always rhythmic swing from one pole to another. The universal pendulum is, pendulum is ever in motion. The tides of life flow in and out according to law. Basically summarizes the first 20 minutes of this episode. Mm. But then here we go. The principle of rhythm is well understood by modern science and is considered a universal law as applied to material things. But the hermeticists carry the principle much further and know that its manifestations and influence extend to the mental activities of man and that it accounts for the bewildering succession of moods, feelings, and other annoying and perplexing changes that we notice in ourselves. But the hermeticists, by studying the operations of this principle, have learned to escape some of its activities by transmutation. The hermetic masters long since discovered that while the principle of rhythm was invariable and ever in evidence in mental phenomena, still there were two planes of its manifestation so far as mental phenomena are concerned. They, they discovered that there were two general planes of consciousness or awareness or thinking or awakeness, you could say, the lower and the higher the understanding of which fact enabled them to rise to the higher plane and thus escape the swing of the rhythmic pendulum, which manifested on the lower plane. So he's the author is about to clarify what is the lower and the higher. So he goes on. In other words, the swing of the pendulum occurred on the unconscious plane. That's the lower plane. And then the consciousness was not affected. This they call of the law of neutralization. Its operations consists in the raising of the ego above the vibrations of the unconscious plane of mental activity so that the negative swing of the pendulum is not manifested in consciousness and therefore they are not affected it is akin it is akin to rising above a thing and letting it pass beneath you the hermetic master or advanced student polarizes him or herself at the desired pole and by a process akin to refusing to participate in the backswing, or if you prefer a denial of its influence over him, 
he stands firm in his polarized position and allows the mental pendulum to swing back along the unconscious plane. All individuals who have attained any degree of self-mastery accomplish this more or less unknowingly, and by refusing to allow their moods and negative mental states to affect them, they apply the law of neutralization. The master, however, carries this to a much higher degree of proficiency, and by the use of his will, he attains a degree of poise and mental firmness, almost impossible of belief on the part of those who allow themselves to be swung backward and forward by the mental pendulum of moods and feelings. Lots of words, simply put, the tool, what they're speaking of, again, of rising above the unconscious is in essence being so deeply aware of who you are as a spiritual being and in that level of consciousness so that you can be the observer of those, as he calls it, moods and feelings, those swings of that. But honestly, I think it even is, it's a part of our brain. It's like the, the, the swings of our thought, mm-hmm. like, cause the awareness, like right, raising an awareness and, and connecting to that spiritual part of you. And a lot of times it's easier in meditation or practices like that, right? Like it's a, it's an activity that is of the spirit. It's a spiritual experience versus a mental activity. Now you could use certain mental activities to actually access that plane of spiritual experience, like the tool, which we can unpack more and more, but we call it simply noticing what you're noticing. I've referenced it before by saying, being the observer, that's in essence, the same thing, or the more psychological or technical term is metacognition. So that, that is the primary tool to use to, uh, work with allowing the pendulum to swing, but not being affected by it. But in essence, it connects as well with self-compassion because the only way you can have self-compassion is if you're connected to that part of you, your spiritual being of who you are, that you're more than your thoughts, your emotions, your body, the things that are in this rhythmic three-dimensional reality. So it's going to happen, but when you develop your awareness to be able to notice what you're noticing, it becomes easier. Yeah, I think um, I the just hearing you read that and then explain that it, it kind of popped up into my consciousness. The, that quote from the Bible, again, I'm kind of butchering it, but it's like, God works everything for good mm. for like his people or something. I, I can actually get the exact quote, but I don't have my, my Bible near me, but sure. It's like, con- like it, it connecting to that level of truth. And again, mm. you can replace God with consciousness or just like the universe working everything for good. Right. It's like, that's like the truth you connect to. So it's like when the pendulum swings, the negative emotions or a negative period of your life, you remain fixed to the truth of that, that everything is working together for good. And so then you can start Mm. to have the awareness of like looking at these periods of your life to see, okay, what, like, what can I get from this? Like, what can I, what can I learn from this? Right. It's again, it's like staying at that higher level of consciousness, knowing that the pendulum is going to swing back at some point. Exactly. Really, really difficult to do. And I guess that's why the hermetic, they were like masters, you know what they were saying? But it's like, it's just like something, I guess, to kind of think about as a listener and just understand that like, we're not masters of that. And I don't, I don't really know a lot of people that are at all, mm. maybe except for like the Buddha and like Jesus and like, you know, really like these spiritual masters who seem to have, you know, right. Just we're at another level, but it's just kind of something to think about and like, I guess, kind of work towards. Yeah. I was about to say aspire yeah. towards the very least. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. <clears throat> who knows to be called a master, right? But I think that's our, our mastery path. We can say mm-hmm. it's like we're on a path of becoming more masterful 
with mm-hmm. how we use our consciousness, how we direct our thinking, how we even allow ourselves to be in those states, like those lower states, but again, not be dragged down by it. You know, like going back to the example again about being clobbered, right? <laughs> like being hit by those waves as we did when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like you can get really dragged down by that. And that can be a scary thing, but you can pop back out. Yeah, exactly. But so one final point, because I know, you know, I, I read a lot. I know that that was a good like five minutes, but I think it was worth it. But uh, to go deeper into like actually practicing that of noticing what you're noticing, being the observer, metacognition, that you can practice day to day, like, or even mom- in your, in just daily moments of life. Like when you're washing the dishes or going for a walk or driving your car, um, even heck, even talking with someone on the phone, like, uh, although that might not be as conducive because you're engaged in, <clears throat> excuse me, engaged in like conversation. But in those times where like, you're just alone with your own thoughts, or like you have even just a moment of space is literally just to recognize that you can n- notice your thoughts that you can notice your body, notice your emotions, and that you can then notice that you are noticing your thoughts. You are noticing that you are noticing your body and your emotions, that you are not those things. Like that is it's an interesting thing that, uh, yes, that's a spiritual experience as I shared, but it, over the last decade of experience with this is realizing that we can train ourselves to be so practiced in that ability that we go to it every every day, like once a day, twice a day, three times a day to have that as a regular practice so that our brain kind of defaults to that habit or pattern. So it's like you're training your your, your literal physical brain to go to that point of view of those thoughts that can elicit that spiritual experience on a daily basis. It's not like there's like, you know, uh, going to be like, you know, heck you may get like goosebumps or angel bumps, but it might not be like often it's not like this, like breakthrough experience every single day that I have, but it's that rhythm of (laughs) going back to rhythm, but like Mm -hmm. building a habit out of going to that part of you and connecting so that when there is a downturn, downturn or a difficult time in life that you're so practiced in that ability, then it's something you go to much more often. So that's at least has been some of the most beneficial things for myself is that the times that I've invested in years and years and years of coaching and programs, like the biggest and most primary reason to do that for me was to be able to train my brain in essence, Mm -hmm. train my nervous system, even train my body to be able to access that spiritual state of being despite what is going on in the human experience. Yeah. So I highly recommend that at some degree, some level. And again, many people find that in meditation, um, but, or just again, in day-to-day experiences of going to that thought of, okay, I'm going to notice what I'm noticing here or in meditation, like giving yourself that space to do so. Um, it's, it's been powerful for me. And mm-hmm. that's, I think the primary way that we develop that or gain mastery, right? Like how do you master anything? You have to practice. There's no going around it. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's what the great thing is about that tip that you gave and about noticing what you're noticing is like, you know, we, we did talk a little bit on this podcast about the scales of time that things can be in the troughs and high up mm. and like, you know, it can be a long time. Um, but the noticing what you're noticing thing is something that someone could just practice literally right now. Like, literally. Yeah. About, as you're listening. And, yeah. And, and over and over again on a daily basis, like, so, and again, like the more you do it, the more easier, the easier it'll become. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, I've actually also been offering, it's been the last like few months, been offering that uh, uh, power of awareness meditation. It's a free mm-hmm. meditation that I have. It's 11 minutes. Uh, I've put it in the description of the episodes in the past, but I'll put it in the description of this episode too. It's a, a guided meditation I created to help you develop that skill of noticing what you're noticing. And for sure, it's going to help you ride the waves of consciousness way more. Uh, so yeah, you can just click the link in the description of this episode if you'd like to download that. Sweet. Sounds good. Yo, anything else? Um, we got um, the self-compassion, law of increase. Yeah, Tai Chi symbol, even that it's like moving. Um, I was going to say, man, I like... I would, I'm probably going to listen to this episode again. And like, I feel like there was just so many areas that we could have like gone deeper in for specific other podcasts. Like for example, like, I know we have that, that idea here that we wrote down, but even the whole noticing what you're noticing thing, like from this fresh perspective, Mm. I feel like it could be an entire conversation as well. Right. Cause again, it's just actually getting down to like a day-to-day basis. Like how do you actually start applying this? Like, how do you like, even the hermetic wisdom thing that you read, like how do you maintain that Mm. level of consciousness and go through the pendulum swings and noticing what you're noticing is the way to do it, like at a micro level. So like, Mm. I feel like there's a lot of different topics on this that I'd like to blow out into bigger episodes. For sure. And I'd be down for that. Definitely. Which, yo, that just uh, made me realize like that, like practicing that of noticing what you're noticing, like especially during, which actually doesn't have to be during times of downturn to like develop that muscle, if you will, of using that awareness tool when like you're feeling down or in a low vibration. Um, That's actually an exercise that I teach my clients or it's like constantly we go through, but Mm -hmm. definitely what we'll cover in an event that I have coming up, but of noticing what you're noticing and practicing that while viewing something difficult. Like that's literally like, like looking at the areas of your life where you have discontent or things are not going well, but actually having the courage to identify and just clarify and look at that straight in the face. That's not easy. Or, mm-hmm. or even like when fear rises up in our human experience and still noticing where you're noticing to be able to choose in favor of going forward and doing something you really want to do despite the fear. That's literally like the process of work that I honestly, I think any good coach will lead their clients through, but that's, it just dawned to me. It's like, that's literally what, what I help my clients do as well as what we'll be doing at this event that I got coming up, which if you feel complete with this episode, I'd love to share that. Definitely. Okay, sweet. So really quick, cause I mentioned this early in the middle of this episode, but you'll see if you're listening on Spotify, there is a place where we can ask questions. And I got a question for you. If you just mentioned the fir- the two laws of life that we talked about, law of rhythm, law of increase, if you type that in the answer of that uh, question, I'll give you a free ticket to this event that I got coming up. So it's called Soul Builder Live. And Soul Builder Live, I've hosted now five or six times, and it's incredible each time. Anytime we'll have it, there's uh, usually like 20, 30 people that show up. It's all on Zoom. It's a virtual event, so you can join in from anywhere around the world. And this Soul Builder Live event is a one full day training, a workshop, an event, whatever you want to call it, where we'll, I'm going to help you get more deeply connected with who you are as a soul, as a spiritual being. And we're going to work on these tools, especially noticing what you're noticing to get clear on what patterns are uh habits you got in your life right now, maybe physical habits, but definitely like the mental, emotional habits that are holding you back from living the best life that you can potentially live or to access your greater potential. And we'll work with other laws of the universe as well to help you and not only getting clear on your vision as well, uh, but then letting go of the old 
the old patterns, then welcome in the new and really dig deep into making decisions for uh, your vision, your dreams, your goals, so that you can leave this full day with a lot of momentum and some specific tools to help you uh, continue on the path of discovery of what's next for you and uh, how you could take steps, bold steps to actually create that. Because it's not easy. Most people in life are not living their dreams, not living life they love. And so it, this is my uh, offer to you to help in really accessing that deeper power within you that's connected with source, connected with God, to be able to create what you want to create in this reality in the next year, the next two years, the next three years. So it's a really powerful event. And uh, it's $47. But again, if you uh, answer the questions right, I'll give you a free ticket. And uh, that's happening on March 23rd. It's a Saturday, March 23rd. Although, if you're a time traveler and listening to this in the future, I do offer this once a quarter. So it's usually around the change of seasons, which is really often it's a time, like since it's the procession of the seasons, usually it's a time of change for us as well. So I host these events around then so that I could support you. So if you would love to get that ticket or check out to the event and learn more about it, you can click the, the link in the description of this episode and look forward to seeing you there at Soul Builder Live. Other than that, I think we're good to go. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode and we're definitely gonna have follow-up episodes for this. So stay tuned. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.